Welcome to the New Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Nickel. Hello and welcome. I'm glad you're here and I hope you're doing well. Today, I want to start with a celebration and a shout out to my client, Megan. She attended a workshop that I gave last week. I did a teaching on self-advocacy and how to speak up for yourself at work. And during that workshop, I was specifically teaching about how to ask your work to sponsor you or to pay for you to do professional development. And at the end of the week, we had our session and she said, you know, I was in your workshop and I took the, you know, some of the ideas that you shared and I went to my manager and I told my manager, hey, I had signed up for this class. Here's how it relates to work. What do you think? You know, can you, can I get reimbursed for this? And she said her manager sent her a very enthusiastic email saying yes. And this made me so happy because I think, you know, a lot of times we assume that there's just no money for professional development. If it's not already in the plan, we assume it's just not available or we hold back and don't ask because we think it might make us look bad. Like we're not being grateful for what we have or maybe we're somehow not as good at something as we should be and that's why we're learning rather than thinking of it from the perspective of you are taking initiative you are actively engaged in your own growth and career development and this benefits your organization and it benefits your manager that you are actually doing this that you've taken this on and what I love about my client's story too was that she had already committed to taking this class. It's something that she wanted to do for herself. So she signed up for it. She paid for it out of pocket. And then she went back to her manager and asked, you know, what do you think about reimbursing me for this? And her manager was a warm yes. And so sometimes we think, oh, you know, I've already paid for this, you know, for this class or this workshop, or I've already paid for coaching. So it's probably too late. And The truth is, it's not because you don't know until you ask. Your manager might be delighted to say yes to your request, but first you have to ask. And what's really neat too is there are so many moments to practice this skill of speaking up, professional development, and asking for your company to sponsor your learning and growth is just one place. But I also have coached my clients on how to use this same framework to ask for other things, like to ask for meetings to be changed or to ask, oh, you know, do I need to attend this weekly meeting? I'm not sure that it's the best use of our our time right now. Maybe I don't need to do that. Or to ask about, can we restructure the way that we're working together in this way? And here's why. And, you know, we sometimes assume that the people who are managing us have all the answers and they've thought really deeply about everything, but it's not true. And the reason you know that is because you two are a human and there are people that you work with. And if you are a manager, then you probably have people that are looking to you and they're thinking, oh, you must 
have everything all figured out. <laughs> you must know exactly what you're doing. You've got, you've really thought this through. And we know that's not always true. And I know for myself too, when I was a manager, I had so many people on my team, I didn't really have time to think deeply about each person's professional development plan. And so it really helped me out if someone came to me and said, hey, Kim, here's something that I want to do. Is it in the budget or can it be reimbursed? Or what do you think about that? It actually was a, a conversation that I welcomed because it meant then that they were taking responsibility for that part of their own career. And then we could have a very, just like a better conversation about it rather than feeling like I had to do the heavy lift there. So I just want to celebrate my client, Megan, and I want to share a little bit of that story with you in the hopes that it will give you perhaps a little idea about something you might want to ask for, to speak up for yourself for. And I keep thinking about how I want to share the teachings from the workshop with you. It might be in an episode, it might be uh, in a video, I'm still putting that all together. But it is one of the things I love to teach and support my clients with because there are so many practical applications and it really just makes my heart feel so happy when I see my clients growing in their ability to raise their hand and say, hey, here's something I want to ask for. And then <laughs> see what comes from that. So that's where we're starting today. And then because we're moving into the end of the year, we're now in, in Q4 of the year, it's now October, I wanted to offer you a perspective that I think is very interesting. It came up in a coaching conversation that I was having recently. Um, and actually, it's come up in a couple of, of spots with some of my clients. And the big theme is the question of what will people think? And if you are a perfectionist, you probably think that a lot because you're wanting to hold yourself to a perfect standard, very self-judgy. And because we judge ourselves, we often believe or expect other people to judge us too. And so there's you know the question of what will people think? But also if you're a person who's very high empathy and has a tendency to people please, meaning you really are scanning for the emotional state of the people around you and you really want the emotions of the others to be content and peaceful and happy. And if they're not, then that feels very uncomfortable and it feels like a problem that needs to be solved. So that shows up with high empathy. It also shows up with any patterns around people pleasing. So we often think, oh, like what will people think about me? Will they think something bad? Will they misunderstand me? By the way, being misunderstood is one of the most painful feelings. So I, you know, I offer a lot of appreciation if that's something that is familiar to you, but we want to pay attention when we're thinking, like, what will people think about me? Because number one, we never actually know because we're not inside their minds. Number two, we often think of the worst case scenario. And when we're trying to make decisions 
about how we are at work and how we communicate with others, and we're making that based on our vision of the worst case scenario, it gets in the way of our ability to communicate clearly and effectively. And that's where we start to be indirect, we start to approach things sideways, or we we even hold back and we don't say something clearly because we are hoping that the other person will read between the lines, that they will read our minds, that we hope that they will understand it without us having to say it because we're afraid that, oh, if I say it directly, they'll think something bad about me. Like they'll think I'm mean or they'll think that I'm not understanding or they'll, you know, what will they think about me? One of the other things some of my clients will say too is they'll say, oh, I don't want people to think I'm just a workhorse. I don't want them to see me as, oh, they're such a hard worker. They want to be recognized for having great ideas, for really adding value through the way that they support other people, right? Not just like, oh, such a hard worker, but really being recognized for all of the qualities, all of the perspective and insight that they add, that adds value to the team and to the success of the team. So because we're kind of coming to the end of the year, and that for a lot of us means some kind of performance review cycle, either this might be your mid-year cycle or this might be your end of year performance review. A question I wanted to offer you, when, especially when you get stuck in that loop of what will people think about me, because that can become very exhausting and amplify all of our anxiety and insecurity, but instead, Like imagine that's a question and you're just going to set that question down on the table and then turn like 90 degrees and you're going to pick up a different question. And this is the question that asks, what do you want people to think of you? So you can imagine if you are doing a 360 and if you haven't done a 360 review, basically it means that you get feedback from 360 degrees from people that work with you all around. So people that work above you, people that are cross-functional, like lateral peers, people that report up to you. It is trying to get a, you know, a bigger picture of what do your colleagues and coworkers have to say about their experience of working with you. In the best of circumstances, it's really a valuable tool for seeing your blind spots and that includes the strengths you have that maybe you don't fully appreciate and recognize. On the other end of the spectrum, 360s can really fuel insecurity and pettiness, especially, you know, if you have a team of three people, for example, and you do a 360 and you get the feedback from your team, you're going to be thinking, oh, who's the person that said this, you know, piece of feedback that was unkind or inaccurate or that they're unhappy with me? Like we wonder like, oh, who said that about me? And, you know, what is that about? And so the anonymity of the 360 can sometimes create some unrest and even be a little bit disruptive to trust. So we just want to be mindful of that. But as a, as a reflection exercise, I love this idea Because if you pause for a moment and you think, what do you want people to think of you? 
If you are doing a 360 at work, what is your hope? What is your desire that people will see and say about you? And here are some things that some of my clients have said when we explore this question. They've said, I want people to think I'm really good at what I do. I want them to see me as smart, someone who really knows her stuff. It's interesting. I've had multiple clients use this specific phrase. They've said, I want to be seen as a velvet hammer. (laughs) Like they want to be seen as being you know, warm and kind, but also really firm and someone who stands their ground, someone who is respected and isn't a pushover. I've had someone say, oh, I want to be seen as someone who's really tough, but fair. I want to be seen as somebody trustworthy and reliable. I want to be seen as someone who is generous and kind and who holds the team to a high standard. I want to be seen as someone who really cares and kind of goes the extra mile to really support our people. Like it can be any combination of those or anything, but when you take time and you think about how do I want to be perceived? Like what is it that I am hoping people see and appreciate and value and recognize about me? That gives us some really great information about what matters to you. And then that gets us oriented in the direction of, okay, so if if that is to become true, then let's start making decisions that align with that desired outcome and that desired goal, rather than kind of playing it safe and small and trying to reduce the perceived negative things. Instead, we're looking at what are the qualities and the characteristics about you that we want to amplify and really bring to the forefront. Like, how do we do that? So if you're going to be a velvet hammer, then what will be required of you? How will you live into that? And so it's a really fun exercise to reflect upon and to kind of think about how will I need to change? What will I need to start doing? What will I need to stop doing? What will I need to learn to do with greater consistency or visibility? Or, you know, what would a person who is like that? Like, how would they show up and communicate and contribute to the conversations? Like, we, we really start to understand more about what is your growth path look like? And it's wonderful when we think about this too, because if we remember, you know, everyone that you work with, and actually even more broadly, everyone that you know, <laughs> mostly they're not thinking about you. Mostly they're thinking about themselves because let's face it, we're all kind of obsessed with ourselves (laughs) and this is not a bad thing necessarily. It really is just, you know, there's so much going on and everyone is trying to do a good job and everyone is a little bit worried about what, what will people think. And so when we remember, you know, other people are forgetful, 
they are distracted, they are kind of obsessed with what's happening in their own life. And then you remember for yourself, oh right, it might not be obvious to them if I haven't made it visible that I really know my stuff. Or it might not be obvious that just because I'm kind, that doesn't mean I'm also, oh, how do I say this? Just because I'm kind, it doesn't mean that I'm a pushover. I can still have really clear boundaries and I can assert them from a place of confidence and feeling connected and, you know, not not going into battle, but actually just being really clear and direct about like, this is what's happening now, or this is my boundary. Like, let's establish that and let's move on. It really begins to change the way that we think. And this makes us both more strategic, more intentional, and it shifts us out of the habits that we've been before we were managers. And sometimes just that awareness, that mindset of, oh, this is how I want to be perceived. So this is how I will show up can be the smallest change and create such a big difference. Because the other benefit to that is that you know that you are showing up as that version of yourself, not the version of yourself that is really uncertain and hesitant and, you know, like that is defaulting into the people pleasing or the perfectionism. Like if you get caught in that pattern, pausing to look at yourself through this lens of how do I want to be seen? What do I want people to know about me? And there's a distinction too that I want to make. This isn't about fake it till you make it. And this isn't about putting on a mask. This is about your growth and how you see yourself first and foremost. And as we stabilize that and it starts to feel more comfortable, more familiar to you, you begin to live it in a bigger and more clear way. So it's a really fun thing to consider, especially as we're approaching Q4, end of year, and you might be receiving feedback. And you might be thinking about, gosh, I wonder how you know people have perceived me and my work and what is it that's coming across. So I would like to recommend to you to take some time, do a little reflection, perhaps do a little journaling, <laughs> especially if you're thinking about what is coming up next for you in the coming year and what are the skills that you want to develop and how do you want to continue to grow as a person. So that is what I wanted to share with you today. If this resonates with you and you want to do this work and implement it in a more steady, supported, systemic way, then that is what we can do in coaching. I work with my clients for six months and we meet every week so that it's not just understanding the concept, right? Like you're intelligent and you're listening and you're like getting this already. So we go beyond understanding the concept to now what does it look like for you specifically and in your life and in your workplace specifically, what does that look like to implement 
and put these concepts into practice. The habits that we've developed, they have helped us get here. But the skills and the new ways of thinking and communicating and engaging, all of that as we're developing new paths, we often benefit from steady support so that we can continue to implement and grow and let that change become sustainable. So that's the part that I love. I love helping my clients to take the concept and really make it their own and begin to implement it uh, without any of the shoulds. (laughs) The shoulds sound like, oh, I know I should speak up or, oh, I know I should say something or, oh, I know I should do this, but you know, we don't need that. It doesn't actually help. So we're going to get out of the shoulds and we're going to get into presence, curiosity, and kindness to help support you in implementing the concepts to your specific life, work, and situation. You can go into the show notes. You will find a link to my calendar where you can schedule a consultation and we will talk about all of this. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. Hey, before you go, if you like this podcast, leave a review. Tell me why you listen and what has helped you. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time.